You are listening to Words of Jen, where I read to you one piece of my writing in each and every episode. This is Jen, and you are listening to Words of Jen 1997, which is a little project I'm doing for NotPod Pomo 2021. In this series of however many episodes it becomes, I read to you pieces from a handwritten journal that I had to write as part of my student teaching experiences back in 1997. In addition to that, if Things are out of context so far away from today that younger people would not know what I'm talking about. I'll try to make that clear as well. So that's where I'm at. This is day three of Napod Pomo 2021, and this episode is called Planning Ahead. Tuesday, August 26. Good ideas. One. Have the students make a folder that will hold all of their artwork for the whole year inside. 2. To assign seats, give each student a number. They pick it from a hat or other container. Each number corresponds to a seat. The first table is 11, 12, 13, all the way through 19. The second table is 21 through 29, etc. Prevents fighting. 3. Make friends with the janitors. They own the school. They make it possible to have a clean space to teach in. They can sometimes save supplies for you that would otherwise be thrown out. Reflection Today I saw both of my friend B's children. S wasn't real sure what I was doing there. M wanted to call me by my first name, as he used to, from daycare. Mr. D and and I just explained that although he was right that that's my first name, when I'm at school he and others have to call me Miss D instead. He seemed to have no objection to that. So for clarification here, in previous episodes I mentioned that before I started student teaching I was working like three jobs And what I didn't mention was I had to give all of those up in order to do the semester of student teaching because there was no opportunity in my day to work any kind of job that paid money. How did I survive? I was in a long-term relationship with a guy and we had joined our bank accounts quite some time ago. We didn't talk about marriage or anything like that. And at the time, this is how I was surviving. He finished school about a semester or so earlier than I did and wasn't um, too happy about me being off doing student teaching for an entire semester and having to be driven back and forth because I didn't have a driver's license yet and things like that. So story for later or another time. But in any case, that is how I was surviving. He uh, had, as I said, he finished school and he got like a real job that had a real salary and paid a lot better than anything we were doing. So we survived that way, in addition to rooming with a bunch of people at the same time. So that's how that went. But the daycare job that I was doing, that's, I, I could probably do a whole other series on that if I remembered enough about it. I didn't write anything down about the daycare experience, but... One of my friends worked there and was another daycare teacher in the same place in a different classroom and her kids knew who I was and the daycare used 
first names for all the teachers. So you could be a miss or a missus and you could use your first name and the kids would just do it that way and they'd call you by that. And that's just how it went. And typically every daycare that I worked in, in the town I was living in, where I was going to college, that's how they all did it. It was just, that's what was done. So that's what we did. Now, looking back on this now, it is a little weird for me because between 1997 and fairly recently, like a few years ago, I figured out I'm non-binary. So all of these like miss and misses things and are a little strange. In addition to that, as you may have noticed, uh, the kids were being told to call me Miss D because my last name at the time started with the letter D. And I got married since then, and that is no longer my last name. So that's what that was about. But this was, this turned out to be sort of a, uh, I don't know, a sign, I guess, that kids were going to have difficulty with my name years later when I became a substitute teacher, because there was a time where in a totally different area, I was coming into a school so often as a substitute teacher that the children thought that I worked there permanently and that it was normal to have a teacher just randomly move around to different classrooms. Like I was there that often. And I also worked for their boys and girls club at three different schools within that area. And the boys and girls club used first names as well. There were a couple teachers that were teaching at one of them or helping at one of them and they did not go by their first names but I did. So we did have mishaps when I was teaching a group of students in that environment around 2000, you know, much later than this student teaching was. And they uh, would accidentally call me by my first name in a classroom and get all embarrassed. And it's kind of like when a kid calls their teacher mom, you know, that sort of thing. So when my friend B's children found me in their school, they were very confused because they'd never seen me outside of the daycare before. And this was a little bit later. And some of them, you know, had gone to, one of them at least was in kindergarten. The other one might've been first grade, something like that. And they were, they were very confused as to why I was there and what I was doing because they would never expect to see a daycare teacher at their school. So we had to explain that to them and then it was okay. I wonder what they told their mom when, later when they got home. I, I'm not sure what she would say, but she was pretty easygoing. So I think she would have handled that pretty well. So to move on with this particular piece of the journal from 1997, um, I'll continue. What got accomplished today? One, I got to observe slash participate at L school and see what that was like. In this school, we are teaching in the cafeteria and I was wondering how that would work. It works well due to the large supply closet adjacent to the cafeteria inside the cafeteria. It also has a pencil sharpener in it. There's also a rolling chalkboard slash bulletin board for our use, sinks nearby, and large water containers. 2. Mr. D explained in great detail how he goes about organizing lesson plan ideas, as well as how he organized what class at which school would be taught when. This was extremely helpful to me as I was wondering how to accomplish this huge task. It all seems very clear now and very manageable. 
three, after talking about the new computers that the schools have, I came up with an idea which Mr. D liked. I wanted to work on a lesson plan that would allow the students to do some artwork on the computer. The problem was the ratio of students to computers was too high for them to all do something individually. The idea I had was to work with the kindergarten classes and introduce them to the use of a computer and a paint program. After instruction, each student would add to a work of art that the entire class contributed to as a group project. Print these out on glossy paper if possible. Then, all these artworks from all kindergarten classes at each of the three schools would be displayed at each school's open house. This idea is threefold. To promote computer literacy. To introduce the students to the idea and a technique of computer-generated slash technological art, and to generate parent interest in the art program as well as the computer program at the school, and hopefully generate more funds to get these kids more computers. Mr. D and I began to put this plan in motion by gaining the involvement and agreement of one of the kindergarten teachers at L. I am very excited about this. Okay, so for a little more clarification here, 1997, computers were not what they were today, as many of you know, if you were an adult or even a teen or a child in 1997, you kind of know that things have changed a lot with computers, and it was not very common to have computers in the school in 1997. It just wasn't. It just didn't work that way. I think a lot of teachers at the time didn't really want to use computers because it was new and they didn't know how to incorporate it into their classroom and often if they had a computer in their class it was one computer and that was all. <laughs> that meant you could not do something like you could do to in today's schools where there could be a computer lab essentially that students could go into and be taught by a teacher that knows how to use the computers and has lesson plans that would teach a specific thing about how to use the computers and incorporate it into maybe something that their teacher was working on with them and this sort of thing internet skills typing all this other stuff that they do today and probably more than I'm aware of because I haven't been teaching in a long time but the thing was, this school that I was in, and apparently at least Mr. D thought that the other kindergarten teachers at the other schools would also be interested in this project, thought it was a really interesting idea because they probably have, well, first of all, I know for a fact that I was the first student teacher in those schools working with this art teacher. The school was not in the town I lived in. It was far enough where I needed someone to drive me out there and then drive and pick me up later on, as I said, because I, I didn't drive. And when I asked Mr. D, hey, I am looking for a student teaching position. I'd like to work with you. He was amazed because no one had asked him that before ever. And he never thought someone would come and be a student teacher for him, but he wanted one. So that worked out pretty well. And then for me to come in and be probably the first teacher in the building to say, hey, let's do some art with your kindergartners on this computer in your class and to figure out how to do it in a way that would engage all of the students at the same time, but not all of them at the computer for the same time was kind of, that was kind of tricky. But if I remember correctly, what I did was I had, uh, I think I had like a clay project going on, like Play-Doh, because these were kindergartners, and sort of did a little quick lesson to show them how to build something with the Play-Doh, like you can roll it in a ball, you can make a little 
sort of a log with it and you can stack things up and kind of explain how to make like a little sort of a coiled pot kind of thing and so they were real focused on that because they seemed to uh the groups of kindergartners i worked with in 1997 thought plato was the greatest thing ever and so they were very intently trying to do that as i was calling one student and then the next and then the next to do the group project on the computer it must have been a mac because it was a paint program like the paint program like probably the first one that existed back in the day and what happened was i gave them specific choices so the first kid that came over i said okay do you want to put a color or do you want to put a shape and they would say which one they wanted so if they had a color i would say okay here's where you you know take the mouse and go over here and this is where you can pick a color so pick one and they pick one and um and then i'd have them you know move it to the little tiny window that the paint program had and just push the button and it would cover the whole thing and then another uh thing i would get them to do is okay do you want to do uh do you want to do a line or do you want to do you know what kind of line do you want to do do you want to do a shape instead and so they decide which one they wanted so if they wanted a line i'd show them where to get the line and how to put it anywhere on the art we were doing and if they did a shape i'd find them you know the template make them do it and they would do it that way and they they all of them seemed extremely pleased with themselves when they were done and then they got to go back and work on their little clay pot with the play-doh and then the next child would come up and the next child would add to that collaborative effort that was being done only with their kindergarten class and i had to save all of these on little little discs it wasn't floppy disks it was those smaller discs later they could hold more and that way I would be able to print it out not only for my professor but also for these teachers that wanted to include this brand new type of art as they were calling it at the time technological art which cracks me up today to think about that considering how much stuff is done on computers that are you know to make your art now but that's what it was then and it was absolutely mind-blowing to some of these teachers that I could do this and have their kids do this and have that experience of oh you can make art on a computer when they were five you know it's pretty neat and I know that the artwork did eventually get into the um the event it was supposed to go in where all of the parents could come and look at the artwork and things like that I have no idea if this promoted the ability for the schools to get more computers. I was never told what happened with that. And honestly, I was too busy to care. I figured they'd work that out on their own. And all of those sort of collaborative artworks that I mentioned here, I still have copies. And I framed them in, not like big frames, but like little, like the frames you get at art stores to just sort of, it's like a mat, it's not really like a big frame. And I have them hanging up in my home because I thought they were cool. So <laughs> that's, that's what that eventually became and how it worked out and I was pretty pleased about that I thought it was kind of neat my professor later on after reviewing uh, what I was doing as, as a student teacher thought it was pretty innovative and he was excited about it and it's always good to start off that way with student teaching and at that point I felt like everything was great this was going to go well no problems at all you know <laughs> None at all. So I'm going to 
probably end this. Yeah, I will end this here because the next one, the journaling that I did gets longer and longer because there was more things I was doing each day I came in to student teach and more things I had to think about and stuff like that.